every baby is different every family is going to be different with their own different routines and and patterns particularly depending on who else is living in your house as well and I guess what's really important is that if you are feeling exhausted uh, and if you have been missing out on some sleep for a little while you know just asking for asking for help you know or even if you have friends and family around that are offering to help take them up on it there's nothing wrong with accepting help from anywhere that you can get it welcome to the breastfeeding with the aba a podcast brought to you by volunteers with the australian breastfeeding association breastfeeding with aba is a podcast about breastfeeding made by parents for parents in this episode, we're going to be talking about the Feed, Play, Sleep Furphy. We are recording this podcast in different parts of Australia. We would like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land on which we are recording and which you are listening to this podcast. We pay our respects to Elders past, present and emerging and to any Aboriginal people who are listening today. We also acknowledge the Indigenous women of Australia who have been living, working, birthing, breastfeeding and raising children successfully on this country for tens of thousands of years. In each episode, you'll hear from different mums from around Australia. My name is Simone and I'm a volunteer breastfeeding counsellor with the Australian Breastfeeding Association, a international board certified lactation consultant and a mum of three children. And I'm Naomi. I'm also an IBCLC, International Board Certified Lactation Consultant and the Senior Manager of Breastfeeding Information and Research with the Australian Breastfeeding Association. I'm a mum of two grown-up teenage children. Now, today we're talking about feed, play, sleep, and it's just one of those terms you hear a lot, whether it's from maternal child health nurses, but yeah, it's, it's very an very ingrained mantra, don't you think? Oh, absolutely. I hear it so often. And I know that I was I was able to do it with my first baby. She fell into that routine seemingly quite naturally, actually, and we thought we were very clever. But then my second baby came along two years later and it wasn't so straightforward, unfortunately. I think that it's something that we gravitate to because it helps us have a sense of control over our day and our routine and we feel like we can know what we're going to do next but that's fine when you have a child that it fits well with but when it doesn't work out it can be a, a common source of worry and stress. Oh yeah so many times I've heard mums just really despair with trying to follow this pattern. Uh, they haven't always asked you know that to um, or say that they've had any problems. Sometimes um, it's almost given to them as information, this is something you need to do or this is how, you know, almost like a rule to follow. But sometimes it works. Um, I have three children and and one of them did actually naturally fall into a feed, play, sleep as well. But, yeah, it can be very frustrating when it doesn't work. Mm. Given, given your story and my story, it can actually make you wonder if it's the feed, play, sleep that's actually worked or if, or if that's actually what your baby would have done regardless. 
Yeah, yeah. I, I sort of think what you're thinking too with that and that sometimes that's just a personality of your your child and, you know, of mums, especially when you talk to mums who've got more than one, they can, they'll all tell you so many times how different they are with things like sleep but, you know, lots of other things as well. But sleep in particular, they can be quite different from child to child and even just your household is different, you know. A household of one versus a household of three children is very different and there's a lot more noise and distractions to deal with and things like that. Mm. And and other places to be and other things to do as well when you've got a toddler. Yeah, yeah. And look, you know, I guess the reality is that babies aren't born with an inbuilt clock. Um, I often say to mums that they're not robots. Um, sometimes, you know, these little routines can be good, but they, they it, it's not the end of the world if it doesn't work um, and that you do need to, I guess, fall back on a few instinctual things to do if whatever you're trying to implement doesn't work. I even had a mum a couple of, well, probably only about a week ago actually that I was talking to through my private practice and she had a Oh, she probably about a three month old and she um, she had this time that she had to feed her and the baby was starting to refuse feeds um, and it was actually to do with her scheduling the baby um, and the baby just wasn't ready for the feed yet so that was interesting too you know so sometimes you can say all right let's do feed play sleep and have a very structured time and when to do that and whether it's before lunch or and after lunch and all these things but if the baby's not going to do it in the end, they're going to tell you. <laughs> so you've got, to sort of go with, you've got to go with them a bit with it as well. And, th- and that applies to the other end of the feed, play, sleep thing, particularly when you have a slightly older baby, you know, around three or four months old, that maybe having a bit of time on the floor, having a bit of a kick or, you know, having a roll around, maybe sitting on someone's knee, and they might start to make those sounds or movements that, you could perceive as tired signs, but sometimes they actually just need to have a different activity or, or move to a different room of the house or if they're on the floor, they might just be checking to see where you are and want to have a quick cuddle and touch mm. base with you or maybe even a quick little walk outside is all they need it may not actually be tired signs. So when we see those things and think that they're tired signs and then we struggle to get them to sleep, that can also be quite stressful and anxiety-provoking and, and exhausting as well. Yeah. And, you know, as in that scenario you just presented, that the baby very much could just be not ready to sleep yet and not actually been quite worn out enough. Yeah, and I, and I can think of another example straight away of a mum that she actually did end up talking to someone that was a a professional about sort of sleep and I guess what they suggested was a little bit like you said that okay this baby's been lying under a mat with one toy dangling down for so long and she's she's starting to grunt and get grumpy you don't just whack her in bed straight away you know that could be time to do something else sing a song read a story and then suddenly baby's all alert and active again and and happy to keep going and and I guess worn out a little bit more to really have a good sleep when she's properly tired and the other thing that you can do then and it's okay to do is to give them a little feed before they they go down for that last little bit of sleep you know it doesn't mean you have to get them really wired and then just try and put them in their cotton pat them to sleep for ages, you know, giving me a little a little feed at that point. Particularly when you consider how frequently, well, I know I have a drink of water at least every hour. 
constantly having a, a quick drink of something or a cup of tea or a coffee or glass of water. If it's been, if the baby's been up for two hours um, and they had that feed when they woke up, another little feed before they go to bed is not out of the ordinary or not to be unexpected. It's quite reasonable for them to want to have another little drink. Yeah, um, and often I refer to, to mums to that little last drink before they go to bed as a as a sleepy injection so they're sort of like they're yeah. getting actually a little injection of and it is a, a scientific thing as well um they actually do get uh the what we call the cck hormone which is stands short short for cholecystokinin and that's actually a hormone that helps the mum and baby feel like they're they're in a little sleepy mood again and it sort of helps them to feel satisfied, the baby to feel satisfied and the, the mum actually does get a little bit of that as well, which can be very handy at night time and the mum sort of get a nice little kick back to go to sleep as well as the babies, as, you know, so it can be a really good one, that CCK hormone, I love it. <laughs> Absolutely, that's a really good thing to remember because um, we, and as you've touched on, we know that uh, breastfeeding mothers are more likely to go back into a deeper sleep after they've breastfed at night compared to if they're getting up to give a bottle. And that is that is because of that cholecystokinin hormone that helps them feel sleepy and go back into a deep sleep. Unfortunately, though, you might think, well, I still have trouble going back to sleep, but you don't know what it would have been like if you didn't have that hormone in your system from a breastfeed. Yeah, yeah. I, I think most breastfeeding mums I talk to don't seem to have too much trouble getting back to sleep and you know there's always the option of the nice lie down on your side to feed as well things like that. I'm Natalie McGregor and I am an ABA volunteer and you are listening to Breastfeeding with ABA. I didn't go to my first ABA local group meeting for breastfeeding support funnily enough. I'd had fairly straightforward breastfeeding journeys with both my boys. I went because I guess I was craving solidarity in motherhood. I live in an older rural community and most of my friends weren't mums yet. But despite the isolation, I was bombarded with parenting advice, mostly around breastfeeding and sleep, naturally, I suppose, in those early days. And most of it, though it was all well-intended, just didn't feel right. Or at the very least, I would question where people's information was coming from. I just knew I would find like-minded mums at my local group meeting. It was a breath of fresh air. I genuinely felt lighter. I love going to our group meetings. There's friendly faces, hot tea or coffee, always good cake, children's laughter, sometimes tears from kids and mums. But it's just a trusted source of information, which is just so reassuring to me as a mum. To find your local group, visit breastfeeding.asn.au and look for the section that says Connection. You'll be able to put in your postcode and find your local ABA group. I was thinking back to that whole feed, play, sleep thing we were talking about and I remember this other story of this mum that she actually came to me as an IBCLC and she was really worried because her baby wasn't gaining weight that well uh, and she'd been trying to follow feed, play, sleep. It was dismally not working. She felt really sort of like she actually felt like a bit of a thought. She felt like a failure that she wasn't able to do what the nurse was telling, the maternal health nurse was telling her to do and the baby wasn't even gaining what she was I guess meant to gain as well now when I went there I just this baby was just so overtired I just felt like straight away looking at her she was overtired she was feeding 
in the end a lot. And then we just sort of had a big chat about everything. She was doing lots of tiny little cat naps, falling asleep on the breast, but then she was never really having a big feed. So we sort of talked about trying to get her to stay asleep for at least an hour. That could be using a carrier, walk her in the pram or whatever, just trying to get a decent amount of sleep out of her. When she did wake up, I got her sort of doing things like switch feeding, so feeding both sides a couple of times. Just This is just to get a lot of milk, as much milk as possible into this baby to make her sort of have, I guess, a big feed. And then play with her a little bit like we're talking about, do some things to wear out a little bit. Uh, And then when she was showing the tired signs after, you know, an hour or or more, to give her that little top up, that wasn't her whole big feed. And if she does fall asleep a little bit, then that's okay. But it wasn't as though she was having those tiny little feeds all the time. And in the end, that that little routine that we sort of worked out for her worked so good. She, She almost doubled her weight gain the next time she was at the health nurse. And when you actually looked at how many feeds she was having, it was actually less than she was having before. But they were, I guess, having that little structure and it was almost like a feed, play, feed, sleep routine. That actually worked really well and it resulted in almost double weight gains and a very happy, well-slept baby. That's such a great outcome, Simone. Um, I bet you she was quite happy with that and probably really helped her routines and her days after that as well. So the other thing that we commonly hear about is the whole concept of whether a baby sleeps through the night or not. I know that mums often get asked that question, uh, you know, oh, so is your baby sleeping through the night yet? But, you know, do we actually know what sleeping through the night means? It's a funny one because I actually did get that on Helpline just Within the last week, I did a helpline and this mum was really tired. She rang up, I'm just so tired. She goes, I just want to know what sleeping through the night means. You know, is it, you know, and I, and I, I just, is it, you know, 12 to 6 or how many hours is it? And I just said, look, there probably isn't anything really sort of official. I said, in my head, it might be, you know, 11 or 12 would be night and then daylight would be morning, but everyone has a different definition. And I actually had another mum that had said to me that everyone was asking her, is your baby sleeping through the night? And she'd always say, yeah, he is actually. Um, I only have to feed him twice. So he's, he, he's going really well. So she didn't really equate sleeping through the night with having to get up for a feed. She just figured that's what all babies do anyway. That's so awesome that that first mum you spoke of actually rang the helpline to ask. I think that's fantastic. And that's what the ABA helpline is there for. You know, it's, you know there's mums on the other end of the line who can help you work through questions like that. It's great that she thought to ring up and ask. Yeah, no, I reckon that was, it was sort of cute, but it was, it was nice too that there wasn't, I, I, sometimes it's good that there's no official answer, you know. Sleeping through the night doesn't mean your child has to sleep 12 hours. A lot of babies do actually have a quick feed and go back to sleep instantly overnight because once their, their circadian rhythms have developed, they actually have a quite a different, you know, they're not up to play like they are in the daytime and that can be, usually around three months, I suppose they become quite developed. So you can usually have a baby, hopefully that doesn't want to get up and play under the play mat at 3am. <laughs> Absolutely. So I, so I guess what all of this, all the things that we've, we've been talking about tells us that every baby is different. Every family is going to be different with their own different routines and, and patterns particularly depending on who else is living in your house as well. 
And I guess what's really important is that if you are feeling exhausted uh, and if you have been missing out on some sleep for a little while, you know, just asking for asking for help, you know, or even if you have friends and family around that are offering to help, take them up on it. There's nothing wrong with accepting help from anywhere that you can get it. And the other thing to think about too is often when people, particularly well-meaning family members, they'll often want to come and visit and have a play with the, the baby. But, you know, make it a condition of entry that, that they help you get a task done while they're there. There's certainly nothing wrong with asking to do that as well. I also think that a lot of mums use that word failure. If their child won't somehow do this a certain routine that they've been told or maybe they've read a book or um, all those sorts of things, I think that they think five friends have recommended this way of getting the baby to sleep and my baby won't do it, you know, and they feel this sense of failure. And I guess it all comes down to that whole personality of each child being different and that I guess it's trying to tap into your sort of your instincts and also natural ways of doing things and just, you know, talking to, you know, people like the counsellors on the helpline or uh, people, I guess, that make you feel good about about your baby's sleep, not bad. Um, and I think that can sort of help set a positive mindset and, and work out what help you actually really do need and that what actually truly helps you, not, not just makes you feel like you can't do it, do something. Yeah, awesome suggestions, Simone. For more on this topic, you can go to the ABA's website at breastfeeding.asn.au and check out the show notes for a link to this episode's blog post, which will contain further links and information. To speak to a breastfeeding counsellor, call the National Breastfeeding Helpline on 1800 686 268. Or you can also use live chat available via our website, breastfeeding.asn.au. You can find your local ABA group by visiting our website where you can also find loads of breastfeeding information and a link to join the association as a member. You might also like to join our Facebook group to continue the conversation. Just search for breastfeeding with ABA and make sure you answer the joining questions so we can add you pretty quickly. In each episode, you'll hear about other ABA services and products that we think that could help families. Please rate, review and subscribe to Breastfeeding with ABA. Thank you for supporting the Australian Breastfeeding Association.